1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begot loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God. And this is he that came by water and blood. Even Jesus Christ, not by water only. But by water and blood. And it is the spirit that bear witness because the spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. Excuse me. There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth. The Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. And if we receive the witness of man, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he have testified of his son. Amen. Precious Lord, thank you for thank you. sending your son to die for our sins, Father God. We, we thank you, Father God, because we cannot be saved without the blood. Without the blood covering our sins and knowing that Jesus Christ died for them. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. 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 Just just reading reading the, 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 the text, it, it gets it gets it, it gets exciting to me. Amen. And I think about John when when now prior to, to, to me, and I don't know about you guys, prior to me studying all the way through John, and I think we we're on sermon fifty something now. You never thought about John as a warrior, did you? You never would have thought about John as a fighter. You never would have thought about John as someone who, who, who was confrontational. And I think, I think Christianity, I think, I think we take Christianity in and, and we got to be like, oh, oh, we, 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 we so weak and so timid. And I think sometimes when we, when we really look at the people of God, I'm talking about the apostles. And I'm talking about Jesus, and I'm talking about Jonah, and I'm talking about Jeremiah, and I'm talking about Nehemiah, and I'm talking about Hosea. I'm talking about some bad folks. Amen. I'm talking about some warriors. I'm talking about some people who, who, weren't, who were fearless, who knew that the message they were bringing would, could cost them their lives. And I think, I think in today's church, we watered it all the way down where, where we just want to accept anything. And we are, we are looked at like, Weak. That's so wrong. Amen. That's so wrong. And when I look at when I look at what John is saying here, and I'm and I'm gonna work my way to, to verse number six because that's where I want to rest my hat. But I have to go back just a little bit and 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 just bring everything in context. Verse number one of chapter of chapter five. John is again. He's climax. He's summing up everything he's talked about in the first four chapters, and now he goes back because he wants to make sure 
Then when I was talking to Margaret Ann this morning, we leaving Sunday school. We got to make sure we're ready to go. Because it won't be long. Who sang it? He said, it won't be long till we be leaving here. Okay? Like I say, just a few of us in here could think that they have 50 more years to go. Okay? So, so John is making sure that these people understand the truth of the gospel. I think that's the, I think that's the pastor's duty. If somebody asks me, what is your number one responsibility as a pastor to make sure that the people understand who Jesus Christ is and why he came. Amen. That's, 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 that's key. And, and, and John says, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. That is not easy. Amen. We can sit here and say, well, that's easy. No, it's not. Because to believe that Jesus is the Christ is to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, is to, is to believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, walked this earth for 33 and a half years without ever committing a sin, and was crucified. Not for anything he done. Okay? And, 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 and then taken off that cross and buried in a, gra- in a tomb. And stayed there for three days in a rose. Okay. With what? All power. Amen. He arose with all power. Now, whosoever believed that Jesus is Christ is born of God. Now, with those standards, everybody ain't born of God. Because that's, that's, that's hard to digest. If somebody was walk up to any one of us in this church and say, Why, do you really believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin and lived a sinner's life and died and rose on the third day. Some of us would have a hard time with that. Okay. But I don't. And I hope you guys don't. And anybody that's on their way to heaven believes that. That's just standard. Okay. That's like buying a car. You buy a car. Tires come on the car. You're going to buy a car. It's got tires on it. Okay. Everyone. Now watch this. Here's, Here's the part that I like. And everyone that loveth him, that begot, loveth him also, that is begotten of him. You're going to love me. All right. Some of us, you know, he, I don't know how y'all deal with that pastor. I don't know how y'all, you know, we love him. Okay. Because we know what we are. Know what we are. See if you see this in here. Because I got to, I got to put in here. Here's what we are. If, if, if we are born of God and we are and, 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 and I'm born of God and you born of God, guess what we are? Brothers. Amen. Fellow soldiers. I like that word. I put that in. We fellow soldiers. And when you, when you have a fellow soldier and you on a war and you go to war with them, you know, all that other stuff don't mean nothing. Amen. Okay. When I worked all them years in the prison, when the stuff hit the fan, It didn't matter if you was black or white or whatever. When the stuff hit the fan, we had on uniforms and they, they was the inmates and we was the, we was the staff. Okay? And I might not like everything this staff person did or was about it, whatever, but when, when, the, when the stuff hit the fan, Margaret, we was united. Okay? So, verse number two. Paul, John is right. He said, by this, 
by this, by you loving me and me loving you and treating each other like brothers and sisters in Christ and we got the same goal, we go to the same heaven, we're going to spend eternity together. By this, we know that we love the children of God. If you don't love the children of God, if you tell me you don't love someone who's been born again, someone who's safe, someone who's full of the spirit of God, got issues. Amen. He says, when we love God, okay, when we love God, here's something else we do. We keep his commandments. What's one of his commandments? I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments. What's one of his commandments? Love one another. Love one another. I, we talked about this for, for months, of, months back. The whole Bible is a book of commandments. It's not a book of suggestions. Okay? It's not, it's not a book of suggestions. When we, when we train and discipline our children, we're not going to suggest that they don't touch something. We're going to command that they don't. Okay, and if they don't listen to that command, back in the day we could put some heat on them. Okay, that's right. He said, "By this we know that we that we love the children of God. When we love God, we and keep His commandments." And I like verse number three. And I'm just getting to verse number six. He says, "For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments." Love one another. Okay. We can go all down the list of all his commandments. He got a bunch of them. Okay. And his commandments to those who love him, to those who are born again, to those who have the power of God living in their life, his commandments are not grievous. They're not going to make you frown up. If God asks you to do something based on what God has done for you, you, you know, you, you, you're not going to frown all up. You're going to say, well, God, if you ask me to do it, I know you're going to give me the power to do it. And I know I can do it because you're not going to ask me to do something that I can't do. That's how the God we serve. Okay. I would I would be foolish to ask the little two year old boy that we had to go cut the grass. Okay. But if he stick around long enough and he start once he start getting off the, the, the formula and the milk and start eating hamburgers and chicken, then I can start asking to push that lawnmower. Okay. Things change. Things change. And it was never grievous for me to do anything that my earthly father asked me to do. I can sit here and say my earthly father never asked me to do anything that was grievous. Anything that, that he didn't think I could do. If my dad told me to do it, he must have thought I could do it. And I'm going to give it a good shot. Okay? I'm going to give it a good shot. Now, God is not going to ask us to do anything as his church, as his people, that we, gonna, that we can't do. Now I sit here and God said, you know what? I'm calling you to preach. I need you to go preach. I'm like, Lord, if God called me to do it, I can do it. He must have, he must going to equip me for it. Okay. Let's keep going. I'm going to get there. Here's, here's the verse number four. Jake wasn't here last week. He must have listened to it on, on sermon audio. But when I got to verse number four, I'm sitting here like, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. That to me, that to me was one of the great verses in the Bible. Whosoever is born of God has the power within him to overcome the world. Think about that. That's not what I said. That's what the world says. That's what God's word said. Who that has, who that is born of God overcomes the world. Now, I'm going to say this to some people who may be listening, who may be struggling, who may be going through, who may be all the time 
got stuff going on that they feel like they, they've been defeated. Check your faith. Amen. Check your faith. Examine yourself. Make sure that you are in the faith because, because if you are born of God, all the challenges going to come. They're going to come. Okay? The Bible says, all who desire to live God in Christ shall suffer. Okay? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You're going to go through some stuff. The moment you, you declare that I am a child of God, Satan and his minions take note. And they say, we're going to see about that. Okay? But rest assured, don't rest on man's word, rest on God's word. Because if God has called you out of darkness into his marvelous life, he has empowered you to be an overcomer. And think of the stuff that we've overcome. Think of some of the stuff that we've overcome. Some of us, we look back and say, I don't even know how I dealt with that. I don't even know how I overcame that. But you can look back and think about how God carried you through that situation. Amen. God has been with you. And if you are a child of God, looks like your own children. You, If you have your own children and, and you have a, a relationship with them, and all of us don't have good relationship with our children. Let's just be honest. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, everybody has great relationship with their children. But if you have a wonderful relationship with your child, guess what you know? You know where they at all the time. You know something about them. They're going to call you, and they're going to call you and check on you, and, 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 and they're going to make sure you are right, okay? Someone, someone sent me something the other day, and I thought, it was, I thought it was interesting, okay? And it says, all, 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 all the children, they want to fight over the inheritance, but they never want to fight over taking care of the parents. I was like, oh, my that's interesting. They show up when the inheritance, when the when the will is being read, but they don't show up when there's some bread need, bread being needed or the grass need cut. How about that? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Know those folks. Verse number four, one more time. One more time. Whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. You know what that means? When God saves you. He equips you for battle because the world is not playing. The world is not playing. Satan has a threefold plan. He hasn't changed it in 2,000 years. Kill, steal, and destroy. And when you come to the Lord, God gives you the power to overcome some stuff. And somebody said, well, I need some overcoming power. I know I do. I know I do. I can only speak for myself up here. I'm going to tell you something. I go through it. Y'all must be, y'all must be, oh, Pastor got it all together. He, you know, he got a nice suit on and everything. And he always looks like he got it all together. Let me tell you something. Sometimes life can be a living hell for a pastor. Amen. Okay. I don't want nobody to sit here and think that, you know. No, no, no. No, no, no. Y'all pray for y'all's pastor. Amen. Sometimes I feel the prayers. I feel people when they praying for me. I feel like I got a little strength coming from somewhere, and I don't know all the time where it's coming from. But I know these situations. Sometimes I walk in the city. I was like, "How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this?" Sydney was with me. Sydney was with me a couple months ago. I told you I had a six month old baby. Six month old baby had 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 died, and and they called me. And I had to drive all the way to Canton. And they said, you know what? You got to minister to this family. I don't know these people. I ain't know Six-month-old baby. Had died already. The time I got there, they walking around the house with the baby. They walking around the house. Everybody kissing the baby. 
I talk to the family. God give me God give me wisdom. God give me wisdom. What to say? Because I ain't know what to say. And they said, oh. they called the officer. He was so wonderful. He was so wonderful. He talked to us so kind and gentle. Could could you call him and have him come and do our baby's funeral? Huh. Can you imagine doing a funeral for a six-month-old baby? See. Everybody in there, 100 people in there, 100 people, I don't know, all I'm crying, all I'm crying, all I'm going through, this baby touched so many lives, six months though. Then in the casket, and I'm preaching the gospel to these folks. And Cindy's with me, and she in the back, she said, I don't know how you do that. I said, I don't know how I do it either. <laughs> See? Amen. I'm sitting here like, okay. If, if, if Kirk Franklin had one, one song that I understand, he, he said, I can't explain it. That's the only verse I know of that, so I can't explain it. Because <laughs> a lot of things that God is going to call us to do, he, he, you're not going to be able to explain. And if you want a, if you want a God that, that you can explain, then you don't want a God. If you want a God that you can figure out and you can, you can just about um, know exactly what he's going to do at any given time, you don't want a God. You, you want something else. Okay. Somebody said, what a mighty God we serve. So Paul, so John says here again, because he's he just he got his gloves on him. He's getting on, he's getting ready to battle. I, I can see John with the black, the black, what they call that stuff, Jeremy, under the eyes, they put under the eyes. He he ready to go to war. Because he understands that these Christians, the moment that they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they got some stuff to deal with. And I, and I think this is where we go wrong in Christianity. We set people up, and then we, we tell them, you know, they're, they're child of God. And then when the, when the sun come out, and when the heat come out, and when the winds blow and the rain blow, they, they crumble. Because we haven't equipped them. We haven't equipped them. John is telling put on the war paint, because we get ready to rumble. He says, whosoever is born of God, overcometh the world. And this is the victory to overcome the world, even our faith. Even our faith. Verse number five. Verse number five. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Anybody question me what that word overcome? Know what that word overcome means? Watch what verse number five says. He said, who is, who is he? Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believeth that Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the son of God. Watch. That word overcome means to overwhelm, to overpower, to disable, to kill something, to choke something out. To knock something out. Just to grab something and grip it. And you got control over this thing. This thing ain't got control over you no more. You got control over this thing. Okay? To defeat. To triumph. I got all these words. To triumph over. To rise above. I listen to a song that says, I'm going to rise above it all. To rise above your situation. What a mighty God we serve. He said, Whoso, who, he that leads overcomes the world. Overcomes the world. Overcomes the world. Now we talked about Ruth last week. We talked about Ruth this morning in Sunday school. But when, when Ruth came to Naomi and 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 and, and said, Entreat me not to leave. You know what she was saying? I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. I've dealt with some stuff. I've watched you deal with some stuff. You have ministered to me. You have taught me. I have seen your God in at work. Imagine what Ruth seen Naomi go through. And Naomi went through it most likely like a woman of God. Amen. And something that, something, that, something that Ruth admired to the point where she said, don't even talk to me about going back. 
See, this is how this is how we have to face the world. We're gonna go through some ups and downs. We're gonna have some bad days. Don't don't sit here and think you're not. Y'all heard what Jake was praying. You you're gonna go through some bad things. You're gonna go through some, but you you ain't going back. That's not even an option. Amen. Okay? See, in 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 in, in my family now, with me and Cindy, divorce don't that's not even a topic of conversation. Okay? That's not even on the table. We don't even that the, the D word don't even come up. Ain't nobody doing no divorce in here. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it goes. And you're gonna, you know, you're gonna go do some stuff in your Christian journey. There ain't no turning back. There ain't no turning back. And I'm talking about for the real believers. You know in your heart you ain't going back. Somebody sit here and tell me, well, you can lose your salvation. You ain't got it. Amen. You ain't got it. You ain't got it. You better go ahead and lose it now and get the real thing. Okay, because if you can sit here with me today and look at me and say, I could do something or, or something can come into my world and I can go back. You ain't got it. Amen. And I know y'all love Ruth. And Ruth said, I ain't going back. She said, I ain't, what did she say? Your God is my God. When you, when you die, I'm going to die. Your people are my people. When they marry you, they're going to marry me, see? No going back. He that he that overcometh the world is but he that what? Believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. See, see if you can find it. Amen. See if you can find it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. John wrote that. That's in the Gospel of John. That whosoever believeth in him is never going back. Shall not perish. Shall not perish. Trials may come. Tribulation may come. Obstacles may come. But guess what? Should not perish. But have everlasting life. Last week I talked about some, some, of the, some, of the, some, of the, some of the ways we could be victorious over the world. I like James. James says, friendship with the world. Friendship with the world. Enmity with God. James says, James says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the father is this to visit the fatherless and the widows in their afflictions and keep himself or herself unspotted from the world. That's hard, but not impossible. Let me say that again. That's hard, but not impossible. Why do I say that? Because our leader, our fierce leader, our fierce leader, Jesus Christ, he said this. He says, these things have I spoken unto you. How about that? That you might have peace. He said, in this world, in, in this world, what? You shall have tribulation. Don't act surprised. Don't act surprised when the phone rings and something crazy go on. You're going to have tribulation in this world. Okay? But because of our leader, because of our fierce leader, he says, but be of good cheer. I have Overcome the world, and that's sort of like in review. How about that? Let me talk about this. That's part one. How about that? Here we go, verse six. Here we go, verse six. Now, on, on, on the outside, you might say this is a difficult verse. Let me see if I can help you understand verse six because we have to understand the gospel. You, you, you can't. 
you can't believe something that you don't understand. Does that make sense? You, you can't believe something that you don't understand. And, and to, to believe it in a way where you can share it with somebody, where you can pull somebody out of unbelief, you got to really be re- pretty, pretty, pretty good at what you teach them. You need to know this. This is an important verse. John, John was teaching to people who were being questioned. The Gnostics were telling them that Jesus Christ did not die in the flesh. He was just a spirit. He, when, he, when he died on the cross, his spirit left. His spirit didn't go into the ground. They was being hit with a ton of stuff. John says this. He's talking about who, whosoever believeth in, in Jesus overcome the world. And then they say, well, who is this Jesus? Because the Gnostics is telling us, he didn't die on the cross. And now over here they're telling us he did die on the cross. We confused. Who is this Jesus? And John gives them an answer in verse number six. He said, this is he. A man, person. Remember back in the day they said, well, you know what? Don't, don't, call, don't call the Holy Spirit a it. It's a he. It's a person. He said, this is he that came by water and blood. Even Jesus Christ. Christ, not by water only. Not by water only. Let me see if I can explain that to you. But by water and blood. And it, and it is the spirit that bear witness because the spirit is truth. Okay? Water can't speak and the blood can't speak, but the spirit speaks on behalf of the water and the blood. But what does the water represent? The water represents Jesus come, coming and being baptized. Remember, Jesus was baptized. That's right. Okay? And when he went into the water, when he went into the water, he came out of the water. And the, and the Bible says, in, 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 a, in, a, in a dove, the Spirit of God descended on him like a, like a dove. Okay? And, and then a voice came from heaven saying, What? This is my son. Okay? Oh, I left something out, didn't I? This is my beloved son. What did he say? In whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Here we go. So, so the water represents Jesus being introduced, being cleansed, being washed. But you can't get saved just by being washed. Amen. Okay? He said he ain't come by water only. I, I listen to I listen to what, what, what was said this morning. You, 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 listen, you can't you can't repent without the blood. You, you, you can't have a relationship with Christ without the blood. Okay? Somebody so we say this, so I know it was the blood. That what? Save me. Okay? So so John says it wasn't just by water only, because the Nazi was saying it was just by water only. He only came, got baptized, he didn't really die. Okay. As a matter of fact, some people say he was, he was in a swoon. He really wasn't dead. And when they put him in the ground, he just got up and, and dusted himself off. He had some superficial wounds. So that's not what John said. Make sure you get this. Make sure you understand this. Make sure you understand this. He said, not by, but, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that bear witness because the spirit is truth. Let me let me share something. Let me share something. Moses. Moses is a picture of Christ in the sense that the people of God was delivered. How? 
They was delivered by water. They crossed the Red Sea by water. Okay. Aaron was a picture of Christ by blood. And we just studied this in Sunday school. So this should be fresh on y'all minds. When Aaron went into the holies of holies, he took in an animal to cover his sin and another animal to cover the people's sin. So he was a picture of the, of the necessity of blood. But neither one of them could have done it on their own because they was using another animal's blood. Okay? Jesus came. How? His blood. His blood. When we think of Calvary, when we think of Calvary, we ought to think of one thing. One thing ought to come to your mind when you think of Calvary. The blood. He died on Calvary for our sins. Okay? Blood, blood has been always been a part of us being redeemed, us being cleansed, us being consecrated, us having a covenant relationship. Our relationship was, is, is written in blood. Okay? Mm-hmm. Our relationship with Christ is, is written in blood. Okay? And when we sin, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? When we sin, his blood covers us. That's why John, John said earlier in our, early in our, when we were way, just way back when we started this lesson, 1 and 9, John 1 and 9 said, we confess our sins. Okay? He is faithful and just to what? To forgive us. So if we confess our sins, guess what? The blood restores us. The, the blood has restoration power. The blood reconciles us back to him when we sin. Okay? That's how, that's how God's blood works. But if you want to sit here and tell me about the story of, of Jesus and what you need to believe, I'm not going to give it to you one more time because this is important to me. The virgin birth, the sinless life, the crucifixion, and the resurrection. We got to believe that. And we got to take that to the bank. And we got to teach folks that because a lot of folks don't believe that. A lot of folks don't believe that. Sadly, sadly, but you can't be redeemed without the blood. So when he says not by water, not by water only, but by blood. He knew what he's talking about. He knew that for him to be the Messiah, he had to die. Jesus had to die. And he didn't die for his sins. He died for our sins. Let me give you the last part of it. I'm going to let you guys go. And it says here, I, I, the Spirit starts speaking. Okay? The Spirit in you is going to speak. If you are a child of God and you got the Spirit of God in you, the Spirit of God is going to speak. So when he said, but Christ came both by water and blood, then he adds that last part to it. And by the spirit. It says, it is the spirit that bears witness. Now we think about the spirit. When did the spirit first bear witness of who Christ was? Think about that. The day of Pentecost. Y'all remember the day of Pentecost? Now I know some folks got it all messed up. They got it all messed up. But that was the time where God allowed the spirit, the, the, the apostles to speak. Okay? And they had to tarry. And they tarried and they tarried and they tarried. And when you get to Acts, when you get to Acts 2 4, uh oh. Uh oh. Watch what happens in Acts chapter 2. I have it. I have it. Watch what happens in Acts chapter 2. I, I, I can't read all this. I can't read all this. I would love to. Y'all know I would love to. Okay. But in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, watch what it says. And it says, and, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, 
They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them. Here we go, verse number four. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Other tongues meaning what? Y'all know other languages, other languages, the languages of all the people that were there. And there were people that were there from Parsha, Medes, the Elamites, the Mesopotamia, Judah, Cappadocia, Pontus, Phygra, Pamphylia, and Egypt. In the parts of Libya and Cyrene, strangers from Rome, Jews, and proselytes. So there's a lot of people there. Thousands of people there from all the language, all the all the known world. And they began to speak in other tongues. Not because they felt like it. Not because they felt like it. Not because they was happy. Okay? They spake in other tongues. Watch. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Gave them utterance. Now, what were they speaking? Somebody say, what were they speaking? Verse number 11 of Acts chapter 2. Here's what they were speaking. Because the people heard them. And the Cretes and the Arabians. Here's what they said. Look what they say. We do hear them speak in our tongues or our language. We understand them. What did he say? What did they say? They should, they, you want to know what they were saying? What every pastor should be saying today. They should be saying what they said on the day of Pentecost should be repeated every Sunday morning in every Bible God-fearing church. What did they say? The Christian Arabians, do, we do hear them speak in our tongues. Here we go. The wonderful works of God. That's what they spoke. Somebody said, well, Pastor, what is the wonderful works of God? What is it? Y'all already know. Y'all already know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It don't get no more wonderful than that. It doesn't get any more wonderful than that. The fact that you can sit here and know for a fact that because you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, you will have. Not you might have. Not that you hope you might have. I talk to people all the time. I say, well, when you die, are you going to heaven? I hope so. No, that's a no show. You can't hope you're going to heaven. You got to know you're going to heaven. You, you, you got to know you're going to heaven. Okay. I didn't bear a whole lot of people. I didn't bear a whole lot of people this year. And I get the chance to talk to them. And I, and I think it's wonderful. I get to go to their house, knock on their door, and they say, come in. And I say, do you know Jesus Christ your Lord? They say, yes, I do. And 
then I make sure they know. I said, do you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose from the grave? Yes, I do. Do you believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life? And they said, yes, I do. And I'm good with that because I'm good with that. I'm good with that. And I can sit here and, and say, you know what? Based on your testimony, okay, that's all I can do. I've done my job. I'm done my I'm like pilot. <laughs> okay? Here's what the Holy Spirit tells us today. I know people, I know people love speaking in tongues. I talk to a lot of tongue speakers. They love speaking in tongues. They say it feels so good and, and it gives them energy and it makes them feel good. And that, that's fine. That's fine. If you want to do that and it makes you feel good, do it. Okay? I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I'm not going to do it and I don't want you doing it in here. But but if you feel like doing it, do it. Do it. Do it till you're satisfied. But here's 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 what the Holy Spirit speaks to to me. And here's what the Holy Spirit is speaking today. Okay? Here's what he's saying. Sylvia like this verse. This this, this is see I got verses for some of y'all. This, this is me and Sylvia's verse. We got a lot of them. But this is me and Sylvia's verse. Cuz I think this is what the Holy Spirit is saying today, right now today. She she's sitting there like, oh, "What verse he going to use?" See? Hey, Romans 8. Study 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto who? Not me. Unto God. Let me say that again. Study. Put some work in it. Open up the scriptures. Learn about this God. Learn about this heaven you're going to go to. Don't, why would you want to go to a heaven you don't know about? Okay. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman. A workman. Let's put some work in. You, you just can't be. A, you don't want to be an average Christian. Well, you know what? I, I you know, I could have done better. You don't. You don't want to stand before God and say, "Well, you know what, God? I could have done better. I know I could have done better, but I wasn't motivated. You know, I had stuff going on. You know, I could have been. I could have been great, but you know." That's how we are today. Study to show thyself approved a workman that needed not be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. It's not saying you won't get to heaven, but you don't want to be ashamed. You don't want to stand before God and say, you know what, God, I gave you the very best. Okay? And your very best might not be my very best. Okay? I'm not saying you're not live up to anybody's standard because it says a workman approved unto God. Okay? Amen. Okay? Rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. That that means you got to be like the Berean church where Paul said they were more noble than the Thessalonians because after I preached, they went home and studied and came back with questions. There's no problem questioning what you hear. Don't let nobody just tell you anything. Okay? Because some folks telling you, like, like I heard this morning, you know, you can get to heaven without the blood. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. So, let me let me close. I, I listen. I hope I help somebody today. But let me let me share a, a guy in the Bible. His name is Barnabas. His name is Barnabas. 
Barnabas was Paul's friend, a trusted companion. The name Barnabas means son of consolation or support, really. You have somebody come in your life and, and, and they just say the right thing all the time. You know, and they, and they come around. Some people come around, you don't, you're not comfortable. They, they put you on there. Some folks come around, they just, you know, they only come around because they need something. Okay, they want something. And, 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 and but you, every once in a while you get some people to come in your life and bring you comfort. You see, they, you see cars that look like theirs. You hope they stop at your house so they can just talk to you because you're going to bring some comfort. That's how Barnabas was. Okay? Barnabas, was, Barnabas was, a, was a son of consolation. Then he said the right things. He always had the right advice. I find him in Acts 11, 22. I'm going to buzz through this. I want y'all to see if y'all can see what I see. Now, that's like Christmas songs. Do you see what I see? Acts eleven twenty two. Watch what watch what it says. See if you see what I see. If I'm just gonna read it, see if you see if you hear what I hear. It says, Then then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was at Jerusalem. Here we go. He's talking about Barnabas. Now, we're talking about a man filled with the Spirit. Okay? And they had a church in Jerusalem. And it says they sent for Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. Now, no, this is the same text that says at Antioch they were first called Christians. Okay, so the Christian church was growing at Antioch, and Paul needed some help. Okay, so here's here's Barnabas showing up. Watch what it says in verse twenty-three. Who, when he came, okay. He, he understood the church needed some help, and, and he didn't hesitate, and he came, okay? He came prepared. He came ready. He came to help, and, 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 and had seen the grace of God when he showed up, when he showed up at this place where these Christians were gathering that needed help. Guess what he's seen with his spiritual eyes? The Bible says he's seen the grace of God. He's seen the grace of God. Maybe that's something you should look for. When you, when you go to a church and when you go into a situation, whether, whether it's friends or families, you might, you might be going somewhere for Thanksgiving. You, you want to make sure you see the grace of God. I, I, I don't think I want to be in a place where the grace of God may not be there. That makes sense? That makes sense? Now, if I, if I decide I'm going to go to so-so's, Or the old timers. Did I go way back? I don't remember seeing a whole lot of the grace of God up in there, okay? You want to see the grace of God. Somebody said, what's it look like? Favor. Favor. You want to see God's favor. And, 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 and when you come into a church, you will see God's favor. God's favor is here. You say, well, you know, God's favor is here. Because when you pull up in the parking lot and, and you see my car, Cindy's car, and you see the grass is cut and the church is clean and nice and, and people are in the place, Amen. guess what you see? Guess what you see? You're seeing the grace of God. Some people think the grace of God is when you go to church and, and they got a bounce around outside and they got a playground area, kids everywhere, and they're, you know, basketball horse. And they say, that's the grace of God. Not all the time. Amen. Not all the time. Not all the time. Gotta be careful. Here we go. He's seen the grace of God. <laughs> I like the next verse. I, I hope y'all stay with me in the, in the text. And was glad. He was happy. He was happy. David said, I was glad. 
When I came into the house of the Lord, he was glad when he seen when he came to church. Everybody in here should be glad today. They should be glad today. I was glad when I got here this morning. I was glad. I was glad. I was glad. And he exhorted them. Here's 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 Barnabas doing only all he knew. It was his gift. May not be yours, but it was his. And he exhorted them all. I mean, he sat there and, and talked to them about the things of God. He preached to them. He sang to them. He comforted them. He exhorted them all. That with purpose of heart, they may cleave unto the Lord. Y'all getting this? Y'all getting this? That's, that's what preachers do. That's what pastors do. They want to make sure you cleave to the word of God. When you leave here, and look at that scripture again. I'm going to listen to that, that sermon again if it's available. I just want to hear what he's saying. I may go home and just turn to Acts 11.22 and say, I want to see what God reveals to me out of this verse. So we see he... He's seen the grace of God. He was glad. He was ready. He, he was helpful. He, 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 he was a good man. That's what the word of God says. That's what the word of God says. What would the word of God say about us? Think about that. He came with purpose of how heart that they would cleave to the Lord. Watch verse 24. This is the word of God. You see, people think the word of God is so deep. That you got to have a theological degree and all that to teach it. Listen to what it says. For he was a good man. That's what he said. He was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. You know what that means? Full of the Holy Ghost. He was, he was, his life was powered by God. And, and, and to be full of faith means he had confidence that God could do whatever he said he could do. That's what faith means. He trusted God. He trusted God. He put everything he had into God. Okay? And he was a good man. Precious Father, we need some good men today. Amen. Father God, we need some good men today. We need some good women today. We need some good children today. How about that? How about that? We need some good folks today, Father God. And we know you can do everything but fail. So we ask right now that you would touch us in a way, Father God, that we would go out into this world. What a, what a wonderful time to be a man or a woman of God. Just about everybody you talk to today needs to hear a word from the Lord. Maybe this is why I said study to show yourself approved or working because you don't know who you're going to run into. Whether at Aldi's, whether at Save-A-Lot, the gas station, wherever you at, people got issues and concerns and they worry and you can tell them about the peace of God that passes all understanding. Father God, thank you for everything you do. In Jesus' name, amen.